Visit RTI on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Welcome to Radio Taiwan International. I am Natalie So. Up this hour, we have a free Chinese lesson for you on Chinese to go. And on hashtag Taiwan, Leslie Liao tells you why our premiere is so popular on social media. And then we have our interactive show, Status Update. But first, join us for Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. It's Tuesday, November 26, and in the studio we have Leslie Liao. Hello, everybody. John Van Trieste. Hi there. And I am Natalie So. We'll be telling you what people really think of politicians, according to a recent survey, and also why Taiwan topped a list in Asia for inclusive prosperity. Also, an unusual collector's item, Hornet's Nest, those stories and more coming right up. Election fever is among us. Lots of news about elections. And politicians are on people's minds. Yeah. So tell us what people think of them. Um, I didn't even realize this because politicians in Taiwan, you can, they can be quite the rock stars sometimes. Especially if they give themselves a nice kind of repertoire of what they believe and things like that. They should... Oh, They're yeah. on the TV nightly. They're on they balloons. Have, have you right. noticed that? They have extremely loyal fans. Mm-hmm. They used to just be on billboards and like... Like promotional material, but now people are walking around with lit up balloons. Yeah, have you lit seen up that? Balloons? That's no. new this year. I've never seen that before. Really? Like they've got them like on their back, sort of, <laughs> and they float above <laughs> their head. They were walking around Gongguan the other day. I don't know who the what what they were running oh, for, yeah, but I've seen that before. Wow! And they're lit up from the inside so that you can see them at night. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's the weirdest new political. Anyway, sorry. And yeah. people Discri- even like digression. You know, go- Go literally crazy over them. They do. You know, election syndrome, right? Where the people dream about them. My friends come here and then they're like, they're just like, wow, there's a lot of campaign posters everywhere. They like to all do the same four or five poses too. Yeah, you have the fists, you have the thumbs up, peace sign. You have the peace sign. Some people are making hearts. Yeah, some people will make hearts. And then some people will do like the thoughtful. Oh, yeah, the, the, thinker. Like, the Rodin. Uh, yeah, like, I w- I'm thinking about the um, future type deal. I, there was one with a guy holding a torch. Yeah. And um, not only that, but sometimes they come around on trucks, like, as if they're on a parade to go campaign. And they'll be, like, waving at people on the back of pickup trucks. Anyway, in Taiwan, apparently, there's only a 2.3% number of people that think that politicians have a work ethic and are trustworthy. <laughs> Uh, 48, 48.8% of people That's... agreed with the statement that one cannot feed on democracy as he feeds on rice. So what does that I th- mean? That sounds like a riddle. You it's can't like, really rely on You can't really people. eat it? Is that what the thing, you know? Or, or you can't rely on them, right? You can't rely on them. You're and um, dependable. So what happened was this survey asked people, what do you think of physicians, judges, reporters, and politicians? So rank these four in order of how hard you think they work. And number one, Physicians, Yeah, sure. And because if you've ever been to like an emergency room in Taiwan, those places are absolute pandemonium and how physicians really kind of keep their cool. Yeah. So 66.2% of respondents said physicians are trustworthy and they have work ethic. Now guess what second place was and what it came in. Yeah. 
Really? But, I would say reporters because they're really I don't like, think we're overworked. Reli- uh, <laughs> I don't think Taiwan reporters are reliable. They don't do a lot of fact-checking. They do a lot of work, though. They do a lot of work. Yeah. They work very hard. But they're I don't always think, out on the road. I so, think there's a lot of unfactual things going here's on. Here's the point. So um, I said 66.2% of people said physicians were trustworthy. Only 7.9% of people said judges could be trusted really? and have work ethic. Wow. wow. So, they work really hard, though. I they think, do. From what I know. But... I think it just People ropes into the whole, them. the system That's doesn't so work. Like the now, what would you do with someone like Taipei Miracolandra, who is both a physician and a politician? You get, you grab him at the it's average. It's like a real... Yeah. That's a head scratcher. Well, maybe that's partly why he got elected. People think highly of doctors. Mm. Yeah, and, and William then, Lai was a doctor. He's not the only one. Uh, Chen Ximai, who was the vice premier, of, was also a physician. Right, I think. Yeah. Well, what uh, about reporters? Reporters, three point six percent. Uh, so we didn't really yeah. beat out politicians too much. That's and asking two questions at once, though. You're yeah. asking, are that's they true. hardworking and are they trustworthy? I think that that can. Those that, are two different questions. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And uh, but who would have thunk it with how crazy people get with election year? So I guess the takeaway is we don't really trust anyone except for doctors. No, no. maybe they need next time they need to add some more professions in there so we can get a gauge like. Maybe we just don't trust anyone. Oh, get a load of this. 70.9% of respondents who worked as civil servants, public school teachers, or military personnel believe that elected officials valued personal gain the most. Mm-hmm. So these are the people working mm-hmm. for those for elected. State. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I don't know. I feel like that's almost a given. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to be cynical, but... I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, Of course, that's not what they're saying, but they want to be in power, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say this is like political distrust, but it's so fascinating because in the States, you get a lot of people who don't trust the politicians and they just get complacent. And they're just like, I don't care either way. They don't go to vote. Yeah, but, here, but voter turnout in Taiwan is... It's very high. Pretty high. And yeah. there's a much. it's much harder to vote here than it is in the States because a lot of people are registered to vote in a place other than where they live and yeah. there is no system of That's absentee true. balance here. So you actually, in a lot of cases, have to maybe take a day off work, perhaps, depending on what your job is, mm-hmm. and get on a train or something. And people That's have true. absolutely no and problem do doing that. that. And, then they, and then they line up and then, you know, all on the, the rest of that involves. True. People make a day out of it. They're just like, uh, I saw on social media recently, someone was just like, you know what, I got 12 of my friends we are going to go vote and then we're going to go have hot pot afterwards to celebrate. <laughs> and people fly back to the country to vote as well. They if they're living abroad, do. there's no way otherwise for them yes. to make their voices heard. So. so that's very, very new information to me. Like, I did not expect only 2.3% of people believing politicians. So we're were... engaged, but not very trusting. Yeah. That's really low. I mean, 2.3%. I mean, but if you're supporting someone, you must trust them to some extent. I think it may often be like it is in other parts of the world, the least of two evils type of thing, where you think, uh-huh. well, I don't like anyone, but at yeah. least this isn't as bad as it, you know, the other person's going to be terrible. Well, what I think thing. is, of the people, they everybody thinks they're voting for the 2.3%, so they're just like, my guy is hardworking and, oh, and, and ethical, <laughs> That's true, they don't everybody ask specific else names. isn't good. Or maybe it's the 2.3% that are diehard fans, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, not a high number. Not a very high number. (laughs) Okay, there was a recent report uh, done by uh, a global awards uh, organization about prosperity and inclusiveness um, among 110 cities. And we ranked a number six in the world and number one in Asia. And that means Taipei, right? Taipei. Okay. Yeah, Taipei. So um, basically this measure is not, om- 
only how much a city's economy has grown, but also the quality and distribution of that growth across uh, various populations. So it includes GDP per capita, personal safety, housing affordability, which is not very good in Taipei, <laughs> environmental quality, and as well as access to education, the internet, and healthcare. So, but we are the best in Asia, and um, the other ones that scored high in Asia were way below us. Like Tokyo came in 39th, wow. Osaka in 44th, Singapore in 46th, Seoul in 49th, Hong Kong in 70th. So, what do you guys think of this survey? Do you guys feel that we're doing okay in terms of? What do you mean by prosperity, though? That's such a broad term. Like, well, I think. Are that you, do you feel prosperous? I wouldn't know how to answer that question. I think. Well, they did men- mention access to healthcare, the internet, okay. education. I think we Those do have three, all of that. We do have healthcare, right. especially, is excellent. And also um, GDP per capita. I guess we're very productive. Yeah, I think that a lot of people don't feel that, especially young people. I know a lot we of people. We don't feel like our wages are too gone, high, right? No, I know a lot Not of people who've all. gone either to China or to Australia or wherever, uh, Singapore, for higher and so wages. On. Yeah. Um, so I don't know about that part. It may be depend on the, your demographic, your place in the pyramid. Yeah, I think I, I think I can understand housing affordability. I mean, in the sense that if you rent, uh, like oh. Taiwan's rents sure, are sure. very, very, very it's competitive. Re- it's reasonable. It's reasonable. I mean, compared I th- to other places in Asia, absolutely. Even the rest of the world. I know. Um, I don't know what happened where I read it, but there was a news report about how Taiwan's real estate investment is probably the worst return you can get because the housing prices are so high but the rent prices are really 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 like low oh, so if you compared. rent out mm-hmm. if your landlord you rent out it's not yeah uh, a good deal you're probably an elite or an investor selling to another elite or an investor and there are only yeah. so many of those to go around yeah so. or sometimes they rent out rooms they, they like do. make an, a flat into five rooms mm-hmm. that's true so it's it's I think like it, that's what I so think that's when the I think prosperity what was the other thing you said it was prosperity and inclusiveness, inclusiveness meaning what does that, that mean? it um, it is distributed around the general population so oh, so this is just still wealth right wealth oh. I thought it so, meant like do you feel included today like <laughs> density like population density we're all very spread out so I think it just includes those factors that I mentioned. You know, okay. Housing, environmental quality, education. Well, safety, I think we're very safe. Yes. Absolutely. I feel safe walking around in the middle of the night. And some people that I know from other parts of Asia are very surprised at how like we keep our we walk with our phones out and stuff. Oh yeah. You get, your phone will get snatched in some really? other some places not too far away from us. Uh-huh. Um, That's interesting. A couple hours flight away, yeah. Oh, so wow. they come so... here and they're very surprised by how trusting we are. Not with our politicians, but with our <laughs> bags and stuff you know you can leave stuff out and it won't get taken so actually the other country are mostly in europe number one was zurich switzerland Mm. and then vienna copenhagen luxembourg helsinki oh all those you know northern european countries and western european countries (laughs) all the usual suspects ottawa nothing out of the ordinary geneva we're just missing like melbourne now (laughs) that's true australia wasn't on here top 10 10. but we were number six Okay. Yeah. Like Canada? After Taipei. I guess so. Wow. I did yeah. not see that one coming. I thought, I thought we were <laughs> so going to we stay in the uh, northern... So we were number six, which was really quite good. Huh. And uh, anyways, I guess we have to um, remember the good part of leaving here, right? Absolutely. Yep. about this unusual collector's item. Hornet's nest, yes. Usually when you find them near you, you scream, run away, and then call an exterminator. Usually in one of those orders. Um, 
This man, who's now 57, he, go, he goes by the name of Tsai Mingxun, and he collects them. He has, let's see, more than 10,000 hornet's nests on his property in Jai County. So he's in, out probably in the country, not where they're going to bother anyone. Of these 10,000, around 400 of them are active nests. Oh my goodness. And he collects yeah. more every year. He's been doing this since he was 16. Uh, he caught a hornet live when he was 11th grade at the time wow. and uh, brought it home and hit it. I don't know how you do that. Yeah, they kind of, they have a tendency to fly around. A little cage or something. And he was fascinated to find that it had grown a few days later. Um, I wonder what he fed it. I don't know. Um, anyway, he just sort of got hooked and has kept collecting them since and has become quite a, an expert at getting them, apparently, without getting stung too badly. He says that uh, they wake from their hibernation, at least in Taiwan, in April and look for a place to build their nest. And so you've got to wait for them to do their thing until they build about to the size of a fist. By the way, RTI does not endorse grabbing nests of hornets. That's not a good idea. That's, um, yeah, that's so this is not a character is, that would survive a horror movie. Where does he keep all of these nests? Just on his property. Um, oh my yeah, gosh. he says do it at nighttime while wearing protective clothing. That's his advice. <laughs> He's just going around um, at night. He does that this at, at the end of spring. Yeah, he tracks down their nests. He knows where they're, after many years, he has a very good idea of what sorts of places you're likely to find them in. I wonder if, if he has ever been stung. He does not say, but he can collect more than 100 nests a year. If he does get stung, it does not seem to deter him at all. He doesn't just catch them for like for to raise them though um he it's kind of i don't know is that a cruelty i don't know he anyway what he does sometimes is he puts a large bowl of rice wine near the entrance to the nests and then shakes the nests up to disturb the insects. oh no that's just oh no it's scary the hornets then emerge and then he what he does he does this at night i guess he shines a bright light on them that startles them and then they dart into the bowl of rice wine where they presumably drown he then ferments them in the wine for more than a month and makes an alcoholic beverage that is believed what? to improve blood circulation oh my god there are so many layers to this story it's what he keeps all the and nests he sells that he this beverage uh, I don't himself. know. If, it doesn't say what he does with it. Um, but you can. he keeps That's them all, gross. and they stay around for several decades because of the secretions in workers' hornets. They keep the nests from decay. Um, he actually d- deliberately encourages, encourages them to do this by leaving pieces of Taiwan cypress timber near areas where they he knows they're, they're foraging for food. Um, he thinks it's very artistic and beautiful, though, uh, despite how gross it may seem and scary it may seem to some of us. They chew up the cypress and use it to make their nests, and they have sort of a sculptural quality to them that in fact has uh, got offers from other collectors a Japanese collector once offered him a hundred thousand NT dollars for a specific nest that looked resembled to both of them like an owl wow and he refused interesting. he refused the money he said he, he couldn't part with it it Is was too beautiful this his work I don't or, know the, how oh, much money yeah. you make from, especially if you're unwilling to sell them I don't know <laughs> How you make a living doing it's this? An unusual but, uh, fascination here, huh? Um, I think he—I don't know. Like, I would just—maybe I, I, he can be an expert exterminator, and get rid of hornets around where we are with, with bowls of rice wine. I guess that's a yeah. That's the most me. bravest thing I've this heard all day. This is the oddest uh, hobby I've but ever heard of. But hornets are so much more dangerous than bees, right? And they, they don't make honey either, do they? They don't. So I don't. They, don't. So I, they make a certain alcohol though that he likes. <laughs> <laughs> it's medicinal, he says. So okay. To each their own. Yeah, really. (laughs) Okay, Leslie, tell us about this uh, popular milk tea store. Yeah, so it looks like I'm the boba guy for here in Taiwan (laughs) because I've just been going on boba all week for two weeks now. But the thing is, there's this really, really popular uh, mom and pop 
boba store. You can't find it anywhere else. It's called Chen San Ding. And it's near uh, National Taiwan University. Every time you go there, there's always a line. And, um, you, you know, it could be wind, rain, sleet, or snow. I think I know that place. Yeah. Which, yeah. which is that side closed? is it on? It's, it's about to be closed because there has been... What happened is people said it has not opened for two weeks. Well, maybe they didn't make an announcement. Mom and pop shot. Maybe they were on vacation and just forgot maybe. to tell everyone. They also said that they saw people moving equipment out of the shop. Oh. Yeah. And they been, didn't have a sign on there or anything? No sign, no anything. So the people have been getting, like, investigative about it. Uh, and it, it's been working for about 15 years. But this place has always been very, very popular. So it comes to a shock to me. Um, there's been rumors floating around the internet saying, you know, there was an incident where something was in the drink and then they tried to pay hush money or... Why would they put in their drinks? I don't That's know. horrible. But was then, it hornets? No. <laughs> medicinal, medicinal. It's medicinal. Don't worry about it. <laughs> You're all right. But there's also, you know, but there's, this is just one of those run of the mill things, right? Because, uh, it's a stall. So it always gets like taxes, exemptions. It doesn't need to give a receipt, but I guess the tax bureau came after their popularity mm. and they were they needed to give receipts out uh-huh so, so they, maybe they're just um, running away from the law people are pretty <laughs> brazen about not doing that especially if they see you're a foreigner mm. um there's a popular place near where i live that has been had some brush-ups with the authorities a few times and every time i go it's like a little game like are they gonna give me a receipt or not <laughs> and they often don't it's and i laugh to myself they just <laughs> it's get- just a, Listen yeah, a receipt for your life. purchases? Oh, yeah. They, they think don't that, give you? They think that, oh, like, those. you're a foreigner. You don't know that, you, they don't, they think you don't know that they're supposed to do that for oh. tax reasons, and so. Um, yeah, so this is, but, like, the tax thing is kind of, it kind of boggles my mind because it just seems kind of random how they choose to administer it. I remember in, back in a few, a few weeks ago, we did a Here in Taiwan story about how the tax bureau did a sweep of one of the biggest night markets in Tainan. And then we found that one place did, uh, gave out receipts. <laughs> yeah, so out of like... But, but I mean, again, this is all speculation. We don't actually know even if they're closed. Yeah. And if so, why? Maybe someone's sick and ill or something. Or maybe, or, you know, who knows? Maybe they're joining the glowing, the growing number of places that are going to be turned into claw machine yeah. arcades. Because that's all that seems to be profitable anymore. Claw for your boba, John. <laughs> that's an idea. <laughs> claw for your boba. That sounds boba. like the most frustrating game ever, but it could work. People miss them. That's why they're in Very the much game, so. Right? Very much so. so. Boba tea is like popular everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got like 10 different shops at least or 15 around where I live. This is the granddaddy of all milk tea. Mm. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for joining us for here in Taiwan and do stay tuned for Chinese to go. Hashtag Taiwan and status update for here in Taiwan. I am Natalie So. I'm Leslie Liao. I'm John Van Trieste. We'll see ya. The sound of the Puyuma tribe on Radio Taiwan International.
RTI. Exercise for your mind. Welcome to Chinese to Go, the program where you learn authentic Chinese, the Chinese that we use in real life in Taiwan. Taiwan is set to hold its presidential elections on January 11th. Let's listen to a conversation. There are three candidates for next January's presidential elections. Who are you going to vote for? I haven't decided yet. Me neither. I don't know who to vote for. It's frustrating. Maybe I'm not going to vote at all. Of course you must vote. You are a voter. The ballot in your hand is very important. I'm really tired of election news. It's all about election campaigns every day. At least we have the right to vote in Taiwan. Also, we have three choices this year. You must cast a ballot. All right, all right. Let's go and vote together. Now let's begin with the first sentence. The guy said, Next year, January, Presidential elections, 大选, major elections. 大 means big. Here it means it's important major election. 三位, three. 位 is a measure word for people. 候选人, candidates. 你要选谁? Who are you going to vote for? 你, you, 选, to elect, to vote for. 谁, who? 我还没决定. I haven't decided yet. 决定, to decide. 还没, not yet. 我也还没有决定,不知道应该支持谁。我也还没有决定, me neither. 不知道应该支持谁。I don't know who to vote for. 支持, to vote for, to support. 不知道, don't know. 好烦,也许我根本就不去选。好烦, it's frustrating. 也许我根本就不去选。也许, maybe, 我, I. 不去选, not going to vote at all. 当然要选呀,你是选民。当然要选啊,当然, of course. 要选, you must vote. 你是选民。you are a voter. 选民, voter. 你手中那张选票很重要. 
你手中那张选票很重要。选票ballot,手,hand,你手中 in your hand,很重要,very important. The ballot in your hand is very important. 我实在厌烦了选举的新闻。我实在厌烦了选举的新闻。我爱厌烦。Tired of 选举新闻。Election news. 实在。Really. 每天都是选战。每天都是选战。It's all about election campaigns every day. 每天。Every day. 都是。All. 选战 election campaign 至少在台湾我们有选举权而且今年有三个选择 至少at least 在台湾 in Taiwan 我们有选举权 we have the right to vote 权 the right to do something 而且 and 今年 this year 三个选择 three choices 选择 choices 一定要去投一定要去投。You must cast a ballot 一定must投 to cast a ballot 好啦好啦我们到时一起去投票啦。好啦好啦。Alright alright let's go and vote together 我们 we or us 一起 together 投票 to vote Welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm Leslie Liao, social media guru here at RTI. This week, I'm going to show you why Taiwan's premiere has such a popular online presence. This coming up on Hashtag Taiwan. Leslie Liao is going to tell us what's trending in Taiwan. All right, so Premier Su Zhentang has taken a leave of absence due to health reasons. Doctors say he's working too hard, and I'm inclined to believe them. Why? Because his memes are so good, you guys. They're so good. His online presence is great. Su's meme game is excellent. A few weeks ago, America, uh, the Taiwan became only the second country in the entire world to be able to export guavas to the United States. And he posted this picture where he's teaching the guavas how to speak English to get them ready to That's go to the cute. U.S. That is so Isn't adorable. I'm a guava from Taiwan. That's <laughs> funny. And this shows them a little trip on the airplane. Anyway, any internet-savvy user knows that to get people's attention, you have to capitalize on holidays. And on May 4th, Premier... Posted this picture. May the government be with you. That's a play on May the Force be with you from the Star Wars series. May 4th or May the 4th is International Star Wars Day, just so you know. I don't know if you guys know what... um, what the term throw in shade means, it means to criticize someone or call someone out in public in a subtle way. I'm not that old. I know what throwing shade I'm is. just making sure. I'm just covering <laughs> my bases, just making sure. Anyway, watch how the premiere does it here. 
On October 22nd of this year, Taiwan's stock market hit a record high when it closed at 11,271 points. Furthermore, the current administration had logged over 750 days with the stock market closing above 10,000. Now, in the bottom left of this picture, Su Zhensang is holding up a blue sign. A blue as in the KMT. KMT as in the opposition. The blue sign reads, between 2008 and 2016, there were zero days where the stock market closed above 10,000. Now, you guys have been here longer than I have. 2008 and 2016, the KMT was in power. The blues were in power. (laughs) And that's just shots fired from me. All right, absolutely shots fired. Now... Uh, that is some serious shade there, yeah. In Taiwan, there's a very popular Japanese TV show called Kaso Taisho. It's a talent show where um, contestants are given points with numbered lights, much like this. Now watch how the premier touts his achievement of increasing hourly wages in Taiwan under him and his pre- predecessors. Alright, so let's review. He can capitalize on the holidays, he's hilarious, he throws shade, and he makes pop culture references. Like, the man is a gigantic social media meme-making machine, and he doesn't stop with these memes. If you go on his Facebook, they're all there, and you tell me that he hasn't taken a day off for that? Of course I'm going to believe that. So he needs a vacation. He does. Well, <laughs> and he deserves one. I must say, I don't think he's making his own memes. Oh, that's he? true. He doesn't need to... Be, do, be there. Someone's doing this stuff. Well, I yeah. hope that social media manager is getting some good time <laughs> off, but you are doing great. Great. All right. Well, thanks, Leslie. And that is our hashtag Taiwan for today. And uh, do follow us on social media and leave a comment below. We would love to hear from you. This is Status Update. Welcome to Status Update. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. This is a program where we get to your letters, your letters that you write us and let us know which programs you listen to and what you think about them. Mm -hmm. But before we do that, though, we're going to update our own personal status. Yes, before we see how all of you are doing out there, let's talk about how we've been lately. Right. So um, I understand, John, that you were into some kind of volunteering before. Yeah. Uh, Are you still doing that now? Um, So I think... I don't remember how long ago it was. I mentioned that I saw... It's kind of a long story. I saw someone cleaning up the neighborhood right. and thought, that's pretty great, actually. Like, and he wasn't uh, you not know, a, a, not a hired san- yeah, street not cleaner. Not a sanitation worker, just someone out there with a pair of big tongs and a bag and saying good morning to everyone and how great that made the rest of my day. So I decided that I would volunteer, find my own way to volunteer. And yeah. I actually did. Uh-huh. Um, I started working... Uh, um, at the rabbit shelter. I actually interviewed someone from there. Oh, so that's why you, you thought about, you know, um, volunteering at the rabbit shelter. Yeah. Because you interviewed someone before. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And I ended up adopting one. Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> um, I didn't expect that to happen, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you just love your rabbits so much. I mean... Oh, I had one, and uh, it passed away some years ago now. And That uh, you kept with your roommate, but... Yeah. Yeah, this time it's like your very own rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. So, what was that like? I mean, I know you volunteered uh, quite a bit before you actually thought about 
you know, adopting one. I was very against the idea for a very long time, <laughs> but um, because it's a full time job and it's a responsibility, and and I'm on the road sometimes. So, mm-hmm. but there's ways to get around this. They all kind of know each other and look after each other's pets for one another. Actually, they have like a hotel service too. Right. So oh, you mean the shelter itself? Yeah. Also yeah. rents a hotel. Okay. I mean, a bunny hotel. Yeah. yeah. Um, they have regular and deluxe rooms if you're interested. I mean, they're <laughs> like areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was a very in-depth process. There was interviews. There was a written section. There was forms to fill out. Um, yeah, it was very involved. And there were two other candidates as well for the one that I wanted to get. Yeah. I've never heard of that before. Andrew told me that I should joke that I can get them into the best colleges. <laughs> <laughs> it's like getting a child, but no, it's, <laughs> it's been great. So I haven't, uh, I've been there sort of to buy supplies and things like that, but I haven't been oh, able, because okay. I have uh, one of my own, so it's kind of a handful, but yeah. I, I would like to keep going there. Um, they have about a hundred rabbits there. Uh-huh. Um, and new ones come in all the time. Uh, oh, his old really? area already has a new occupant. They already got a new one, in to, so they can't. These ones were abandoned? Or? Yeah, they've mostly been found in parks. Aww. In his case, it was a park, they said. Um, and they don't know their stories, but some of them are injured. Yeah, um, the some, one you've got is injured, he's apparently. He's had a bit of a, yeah, an accident of some kind back in the day. Again, they don't know his story. They can't yeah. tell you, but um, anyway, yeah. Oh. Um, some that have more serious health issues, some that are special needs, and some that are... I I like them, but they were just too not crazy. <laughs> they would they would hurt themselves because uh, they like to like too jump. Wild, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, yeah, they're gonna. If my my apartment is not big enough for that sort of running around, <laughs> running around. So we need a small, smaller, right. less crazy one. Anyway. So you actually feel better uh, going back to the shelter to get its food rather than just well, average kind of. It. I think part of the proceeds because it's more expensive, but I mean they, that's part of how they fund their operations, and they have a lot of, oh, the people, of them right. to take care of. Okay. Uh, my favorite is feeding time because if you've, I've never seen anything as crazy as that. <laughs> you feed one at a time, or you feed them? Yeah, but they all want it at them. the same time. It's it's kind of it's mayhem. <laughs> I love it. They're so excited to see you. Yeah, oh, um, that is so cute. How many volunteer workers at the place that works full time? So it varies day by day. Okay. I think they have two permanent staff. Only two for a hundred rapids, and then the rest are. It's pretty much the same crowd, though. They oh, don't. Okay. I mean, they all work. They all have full time jobs, so it's oh. not all of them all the time. But uh, you see the same faces. And every once in a while, I think one thing that was really, I, I really liked was that uh, there was a, two kids in one day. They wanted to get a pet. And their mom said, well, try taking care of one first. Right. Yeah. I think they sense. gave up on the idea by the end of the day. It's exhausting. <laughs> you have to clean up their litter boxes. Yeah. And some of them don't, can't use litter boxes. So you have to clean up their grass boxes, okay. especially ones that have hurt their feet. The oh, plastic right. or the whatever is, it kind of irritates their you know, okay. they put their weight on the joint, their sort of ankle. So that's the one, that's the situation with the one you've got. Yeah. So you got to put grass in as padding sort of, and they also okay. eat out of it. I right. mean, they, yeah. they don't complain uh, and you got to, you know, change that, scrub it all out, uh-huh. put in new stuff and uh, their how, water. How many times do you do that in a day? Like About clean out and scrub? Once, once. Oh, okay. Because okay. there's a lot of grass that they eat. That That's their main source of food, too. Yeah. You've got to feed them their regular, their sort of... A, but it's already soiled. 
they that's that's what they do in the wild i guess i mean that's how it's they don't complain um and it has their smell on it so they like that um you got to clean out um their water and give them fresh water and that's a lot of scrubbing Uh they've got a bowl that needs to be all cleaned up and then Uh some of them have padding like i said and that involves quilts and things that all has to go through the laundry yeah um there's a lot of work and there's like a hundred of them that need it every day every day so they go down the line it's like a factory floor that they've rented out it's enormous space Mm -hmm. and uh but it is a lot of i mean it's it's dirty work you definitely sweat and (laughs) yeah push things oh and then once a week they have these sort of plastic flooring to keep the floor from uh getting soiled and that all has to be scrubbed and there's probably a thousand of those plastic bits Oh, <laughs> that all someone goes with a, a sponge and scrubs them one by one. They ought to be carried. They have push carts. Uh-huh. It's a big operation. Yeah, it's a big operation. Okay. They have uh, volunteers that need to go out and do different fundraising events. They have adoption days. Everything. Oh my goodness, is, fundraising events too. Yeah. Well, they have to pay for all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's not supported by the government. No, no, it's all. Are there any shelters run by the government? I uh, know. No, no. Uh, there's okay. two in Taipei that I know of for rabbits. Mm-hmm. I like this one better because it doesn't put them in little teeny Cages. tiny spaces. They have an area that's a good, I mean, it's not enormous, but it's a good number of square feet. Yeah. They can you, move around in and it's a uh, run and around. And you commute in. quite a bit to get there, right? It, it's not it easy. To, right in it's not far. Center. It's not far, actually, but it's so far from any bus line or other form of public transport that it's a That's uh, how they can have a big place. It's, well, yeah, it's in an industrial park. Oh, Oh. In the middle of this, in, like a lot of the Uber drivers are like, "Are you sure this is?" <laughs> yeah, no, it's this is it. Uh, it's like a fifteen-minute walk to the nearest bus stop that I know of. Mm. Oh wow! So it, I, 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 yeah, I, I racked up quite a bill just getting there and back and forth. Well, thanks for loving the animals. I mean, yeah, we I need mean, people, more people like you. Well. Who yeah, care for these animals instead have, of like abandoning them. It's pretty sad that there I were know. so many of them. Yeah, it's it's pretty disheartening. And again, I think most people think of cats and dogs when they when they think of these sorts of things. But yes. uh, other animals are are in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm surprised at uh, even like uh, when when I go back home to the states and we have a shelter there. Uh, there's only really one or two rabbits around. I think people here have Somehow. taken it a lot more. Uh, I don't know, taking it upon themselves to really make a difference. I think that's something that's really cool that other parts of the world could learn from. Great. All right. Well, um, keep loving your pet <laughs> and set an example for everybody else. Okay. I, I think he's pretty happy. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure he is. He, he, All right. He likes to like lie around. Yeah. Sleep lounge. Around, <laughs> he lounges. <laughs> okay. It's very... Uh, luxurious life <laughs> well he's got a a, a good daddy <laughs> okay all right well um i think it's time that we get to our listeners letters okay and so we just love so much to hear from you what you think about our programs do write us our address is p.o box 123-199 taipei taiwan you can reach us by email at rti at rti.org.tw and of course please do keep your facebook comments coming our way as well we love to read them 
Yes. Okay, this first letter here is coming to us from Mr. Hideo Tano of Yokohamashi, Japan. And uh, he listened in on November 4th at 15320 kilohertz from 0330 to 0355 UTC. Um, he listened to Jukebox Republic, which is my music program. Okay, so the, he listened to um, quite a bit of uh, songs from this music program. Simple rating was 35443. And then he used a Sony receiver, ICF Shortwave 1000T, also a Sony AN1 wide range antenna. And it says here that if the details in his report is found to correspond with the station, I would appreciate very much to receive your verification card. Well, no problem with that. So that was coming to us from Mr. Hideo Tano of Yokohamashi. Japan. And we've got another note about Jukebox Republic, actually. Uh, this one coming to us from Debakamal Hazarika, who's writing to us from India. It says, it's with great pleasure that I write to tell you I've heard your radio station today. Details are given below. Uh, this was on November 18th at 0335 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. Sinpo rating 43343. So somewhere in the middle there. Uh, the program was Jukebox Republic, as I said earlier, and it says, In today's program, you talked about Taiwanese wedding banquets and played some wonderful songs. The first song that you played, it was called Moving Touching, is that right? Touching, yeah. And, and it says it was really beautiful. And the duet song about brilliant or bright colors, colorful? was a love mm, song which you played yeah. today that was also so nice all the songs you played in this show today were really wonderful I really enjoyed today's show it's one of my favorite programs so thank you very much and that comes to us once again from Debakamal Hazarika of India great thank you for enjoying my program I believe that you know I was talking about my daughter's wedding yes uh, in that episode okay we move now to um, Shama Kumar Banaji of West Bengal India he listened in it looks like uh, November 19th it was, and, oh uh, no, sorry, November 15th at 6180 kilohertz. Actually, he didn't say what program he listened to, but I guess he listened to that one hour um, English uh, transmission that we've got every day. And uh, using a antenna inbuilt with outside connected wire. So, well, thank you so much for writing. But do let us know what programs you listen to and let us know what you think about them. That would be great. So that was, again, Shamal Kumar Banaji of West Bengal, India. We've got another letter here from West Bengal, India. This one coming to us from Ratan Kumar Paul, who is writing about our November 14th or 8th through 14th, sorry, broadcasts, uh, all from heard from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kilohertz. Uh, it says that uh, most of the days the reception was fours. There were a few threes, though. Uh, and it also says, I'm a regular listener of your station. I I've been enjoying your program since 1995. I enjoy sending reception reports regularly. And it says you'd uh, like to be a monitor of our station. I'm not sure when we're opening that up, but uh, the year is coming uh, to a yeah, close. Yeah, I know. It should be soon. So uh, we'll take a note of that. And it says, hope that you can give me a chance. And also, please verify my reception report with your QSL card. Thank you very much. That comes to us once again from Ratan Kumar Paul of West Bengal, India. Okay, this next letter comes to us from Mr. Mizanur Rahman of Bangladesh. And uh, he listened in, I believe it was November 10th to the 14th. Simple rating was uh, totally three across the board. He says that reception condition was fair. Uh, he used the 9405 frequency to listen in. 
Um, he says that uh, Status Update was an excellent and well-presented program. Well, thank you very much. And he says, I was listening in at 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz, and uh, reception condition was very fair, but sometimes slightly noisy. Okay, well, thank you so very much. That was, again, Mr. Mizanur Rahman of Bangladesh. And Tim Braille is writing to us from Malaysia this week as well. And it says, uh, greetings from Malaysia, and thank you for your, your QSL card for the National Day broadcast in October. Uh, as before, you may be interested to learn that Radio Taiwan International was received on shortwave at 15320 kHz under excellent reception conditions on November 18, 2019, from 0300 to 0400 UTC here in the Kuala Lumpur area. Should my reception report below be correct, your QSL card for the month of November would be very much appreciated. I must say I truly enjoy much of RTI's cultural programs. I've learned about a Taiwan I never knew. And... Uh, but as promised, there is a report about our November 18th broadcast, and reception was excellent, all fives. All right, That's wow. Great. Um, so there was Curious John about uh, the Battle of Danshui and the, a historical reenactment um, that was done. It's sort of a musical play. Oh, really? Interesting. And the first of its kind in Taiwan. I know in other parts of the world, um, this is something that people do. Right. Uh, but in Taiwan, it's kind of a novel idea. Yeah. This is the second time this particular troupe has done it, the Golden Bow Troupe. Uh, then there was In the Spotlight, in which you profiled Emily Wu, uh, our good friend here at RTI, yes. and a Taiwanese podcaster who talked about her podcasts on little-known current events and facts about Taiwan, offered in both Mandarin and English. There was the Sound of Taiwan promotional spot, followed by an episode of Classic Shorts, which Natalie hosted, featuring two poems by the so-called Shakespeare of China, and she recited the works Festival of the Moon and Stopping by the Mountain. After that, there was news playlist, including reports about a 1949 prison in Taiwan, another historical reenactment. That seems to be a recurring theme lately. Um, yeah. Uh, also, a Taiwanese professor who was tortured and died in 1981, a Taiwanese exhibit dedicated to the victims of the 1989 Tiananmen Square protest, which serves as a, quote, beacon of democracy, Taiwan Park, or Formosa Park in Tainan, and more. Finally, there was this week's On the Line, hosted by Carlson, which took a look at the Taipei 2019, which is an international art exhibit that was held here last month. Uh, in particular, he profiled Israeli artist Beverly Barkat and her exhibit, The Twelve Tribes of Jacob. That was followed by the closing. Uh, thanks very much for writing in, and that comes to us once again from Tim Braille of Malaysia. Yes, and thank you so much for tuning in to Status Update. We so much love to hear from you, so do keep those letters coming. We want to know what you, uh, programs you listen to and what you think about them. Our address is PO Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And of course, you can always reach us on Facebook. We look forward to reading your comments there. Until next week, I'm Shuri Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. Goodbye for now. Bye. Here's a little bit of a song that's been quite hot lately. It's by a Chinese singer called Song Dongye. The song is Dong Xiaojie, Miss Dong. Dong Xiaojie, you've never forgotten your smile. Even if you're the same as me, I Dong 
程小姐，我也是个复杂的动物，嘴上一句带过，心里却一直重复。董小姐，鼓楼的夜晚，时间匆匆，陌生的人，请给我一支蓝烛。些可能都不是真的，董小姐。Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies: in Southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kilohertz. Again, that's in Southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kilohertz, and in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me/radiotaiwaninternational. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me/radiotaiwaninternational for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.